Good afternoon, everyone. On the update this Wednesday, outdoor dining, it's a rare part of the pandemic, of course, that many people in this city actually kind of liked. And as the city moves out, of course, from under the pandemic era regulations, how to handle the new landscape of outdoor dining structures continues to be a growing question. We'll tell you what the results of whether outdoor dining stays or whether it goes. A retired traveled in Washington's elite social circles has now been charged with stealing tens of thousands of dollars in jewelry from his wealthy acquaintances. Jason DeLay, he had a two-run double in a six-run seventh inning for the Pirates as they were able to beat the Mets. And the United States Steel Corps, it seems poised to be soon purchased by a competitor, with two bidders revealed in a matter of days, with even more waiting in the wings. It would mean the takeover of a symbol of American industrialization that for more than a century helped build everything from the United Nations to the New Orleans Superdome. This is the 16th, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage, a magical place not found on any map. This is the update with Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's anything and everything that you need to know, because anything, truly anything, can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Wednesday. Happy hump day to all of you out there. I'm continuing the road to uh, my vacation. <laughs> Essentially, even though if I look at it, it's not actually going to be a vacation. You know, you're just watching uh, first the teenagers to make sure that they don't kill each other. <laughs> And secondly, you're watching, then the kids come and you're making sure that uh, the teenagers don't kill the kids. <laughs> Essentially, it's like a home alone situation, except you're in the middle of the woods and there's no cell phone service and you're 300 miles outside of New York City for some reason. I'm sorry, what were we talking about again? <laughs> oh, that's right, we're supposed to be talking about... Um, Headlines and news, that's the reason why you're here, not to listen to my uh, ongoing personal problems. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about, I believe I made a decision to talk about uh, 2018, uh, my first year as a member of the Brooklyn region after some time away, as I continue to look back on the memories of prior sleepaway camps, heading into this current one, which starts on Sunday. And you'll hear about it, uh, the results of that sleepaway camp, uh, the following week on this very program. It's going to be a lot of fun. In the meantime, in the present, I'm Brandon Julian, of course. <laughs> we appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however personally you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Wednesday, of course, with outdoor dining. 
If you remember through the very heart of the pandemic, it was a rare part, outdoor dining, that many people actually kind of ended up liking. Uh, street side dining sheds and other structures popped up on the city streets. But as the city moves out from under the pandemic-era regulations, how to handle the new landscape of outdoor dining structures continues to be a growing question. And while many residents and tourists enjoy this option, others say the need for the structures is over. Uh, the city council earlier this month, they passed legislation that would create a system for businesses to set up outdoor structures on the city streets from April through November and then have them removed in the winter months. So it looks like no matter which way you slice it, uh, outdoor dining, it is here to stay. On to some of the other news of this uh, Wednesday. And the Empire Angel Hernandez has lost again in his racial discrimination lawsuit against MLB when a federal appeals court refused to reinstate his case. The Second Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals upheld a 2021 district court decision that granted MLB a summary judgment. The Cuban, uh, the Cuba-born Hernandez, I should say, hired as a big league umpire in 1993, sued in 2017. He alleged that he was discriminated against because he had not been assigned to the World Series since 2005 and had been passed over for crew chief. The decision was made by circuit judges Susan Carney and Stephen Menashe. We work, they said last week, that there was, quote, substantial doubt about their ability to stay in business prompting speculation around the future for the troubled workspace-sharing company. WeWork, they pointed to the increased member churn, financial losses, and the company's need for cash, among many other factors, and said that improving its liquidity and profitability over the next 12 months would be crucial to maintaining its operations. While the future remains unknown, experts say that the risk of bankruptcy is still on the table, bringing in questions around implications for the already weakening world of office real estate. The waiting lists for gender-affirming health care are now growing in the states that declare themselves refugees, refuges, I should say, for transgender people as bans for such care for minors to across this country. One of the largest states, Texas, has a ban that's supposed to take effect on September 1st. That's contingent, though, on a court hearing being held this week. It's not clear how much more lawmakers and government officials in refuge states can do to help build a network to serve even more trans patients. The quest for gender-affirming care parallels abortion access in many ways, but gender-affirming care treatments are ongoing, so permanent access is key. A former high-ranking FBI counterintelligence official is now pleaded guilty to a federal conspiracy charge here in New York. He admitted that he helped a Russian oligarch seek dirt on a wealthy rival in violation of the U.S. sanctions, I should say, on Russia. Charles McCongenial entered the plea yesterday. 
The 55-year-old told the judge that he carried out his crime in 2021, accepting over $17,000 to help the Russian energy magnet Oleg Deripaska. Prosecutors say that McJoniel was in negotiations with co-conspirators to receive a fee of up to $3 million. Sentencing is set for December 14th, when he could face up to five years in prison. Meanwhile, out of Hartford in Connecticut, the health department there now says that two residents have died this summer from infections linked to a bacteria found in raw shellfish or seawater. Three people in the state are known to have been infected with the Vibrio von, von Fischus bacteria. I can't, breathe, I can't believe I got that right on the first try. <laughs> it means that it doesn't have an oyster look, smell, or taste any different. Two cases were found, were found with infections not associated with seafood. The third infection was a Connecticut resident who consumed raw oysters not harvested from Long Island Sound at an out-of-state establishment. All three victims were between the ages of 60 to 80, and the two deaths occurred back in July. Connecticut, of course, is home to a thriving oyster industry and conducts regular tests for the bacteria. In other news, a retired political science professor who traveled in the elite social circles of Washington has now been charged with stealing tens of thousands of dollars in jewelry from his wealthy acquaintances. Prosecutors said yesterday that 79-year-old Lawrence Gray sold at least seven rare and valuable stolen items, including diamond earrings, a pink sapphire brooch, and a 19th century gold pocket watch. Gray was a longtime romantic partner of the late Washington socialite Jacqueline Quillen. In 2021, he settled a lawsuit with Quillen's sons, who accused him of stealing expensive heirlooms, paintings, and cash from both Quillen and her friends. Gray has also been charged with theft in Rhode Island. He has pleaded not guilty to the charges in both states. And finally, folks, as we all know, the former president has now been indicted in a fourth case. He was charged Monday in Georgia over his efforts to overturn the 2020 general election defeat in the state. The Fulton County investigation is the latest criminal case for Trump as he runs for the White House, of course, next year. Special counsel Jack Smith has indicated the former president in two cases involving the mishandling of top-secret documents and attempts to overturn his election loss. In New York, he faces, of course, criminal charges in a hush-money case and a civil trial over his business practices. The former president, of course, has denied any wrongdoing. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. We're going to talk some sports and talk about how uh, the Pirates... They had a long run, a long inning, a six-run seventh, to be exact, as they were able to get by the New York Mets. 
Talking about 2018 and looking back on the previous summer camps in preparation for this upcoming one, my first year in Brooklyn. That's uh, that's going to be a really interesting one to look back on, or at least from as much as I can actually remember. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. Talking about those wildfires out on Hawaii as the video showed the downed power lines apparently sparking some of the early blazes. It's now become key evidence in the search for a cause. We're going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update Brian and Julian returns in just a moment. Brandon Julian. You know, folks, during the lighter segments of this show, when I make jokes, I sometimes lie up here. I'm not proud of it. (laughs) But even when I worked, if I told my teenage staff not to lie, I'm kind of lying to them. If you ever work with kids, they know what they say, like, you should never lie to a child. And those people have never worked or had kids. Because when you're working with kids or you've had kids, you lie to them all the time. You're like, you wouldn't like this ice cream. It's very spicy. I'd share with you, but Santa said I can't. Now, why don't you go to sleep so I can wrestle your mom? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Is wonder in you? The goal is to remind people, even if it's just for a second, how they saw the world before it became ordinary. It's wonder that inspires magician Nate Staniforth. I'm using magic to give people that sense of wonder. Whoa, dude. Whoa. You can find wonder everywhere. Wonder, it's in me. Wonder is in me. And wonder is in you. Now, pass it on from passiton.com. Confidence. Let's pass it on. There's always going to be someone prettier than you, smarter than you. Always. The goal is to find something that'll make you happy. Superstar singer Grace Vanderwall knows that confidence is in you. Finding what makes you happy starts with you. You be you and pass it on from passiton.com. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F trains are running the E line in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of truck replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. 
M trains will run between 57th Street on the F Line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning at 5 a.m. on Monday, July 31st, through 5 a.m. on Monday, August 14th, Manhattan-bound 7 N and W trains will bypass Queensboro Plaza because of accessibility improvements. For nearby service, use the E, M, and R trains at Queens Plaza, which is an accessible station. Beginning Monday, July 31st at 4.45 a.m. through Monday, August 28th at 5 a.m., there will be no D-train service at Norwood 205th Street because of structural repairs. D-trains will run between Coney Island and Bedford Park Boulevard at all times. Customers can transfer at Bedford Park Boulevard to a free shuttle bus for service to 205th Street. Rush Hour Express service will be suspended. Trains will run local in both directions. There will be no B rush hour service in the Bronx. B trains will run between Brighton Beach and 145th Street. Customers are advised to take a D train for service to the Bronx. Beginning June 26th at 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, Southern Express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Sunday, February 26th at 5 a.m. until August, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of accessibility and station improvements. Skip-stop service will not be running on the Z train. All trains will make local stops. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, L, F, and M trains is closed at 14th Street, 6th Avenue because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. 
The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S-79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosks outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So, no, the New York Mets have been struggling lately. <laughs> I'm saying a bit lately because I'm trying to do my best to be kind because I'm still a Mets fan and having to talk about the Mets every day on this program has become a bit demoralizing as they basically have punted on the season and going to say we're going to try again next year. Uh, out in Queens, Mets and Pirates going at it. Jason DeLay, he had a two-run double in a six-run seventh inning, and the Pirates beat the Mets 7-4. to four. The Pirates, they stranded 10 runners through the first six innings before they sent 10 batters to the plate against the trio of pitchers in the seventh. Uh, they scored the first three runs on a bases-loaded walk, a hit batsman with the bases loaded, and a bases-loaded passed ball before DeLay doubled off of the rookie right-hander Grant Hartwick. One out layer, Brian Reynolds hit a RBI triple. Colin Selby, making his fourth big league appearance, entered a 1-1 game in the sixth inning and was able to get the win. So it looks like the Mets are gonna, just going to have to try, try again on getting back in the win column. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Wednesday, I'm looking back at 2018, my first summer in Brooklyn. As I look back on previous summer camps in preparation for this current one, which you will hear the results of not next week, but the following week of uh, programs. It's going to be fun. And then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Atlanta, the former president and 18 allies indicted in Georgia over the efforts to overturn the 2020 election loss in the state. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to let you know about this. Where does the time go? I personally really hope I didn't write that line. <laughs> well, it turns out maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, but looking back on the past is always important. It's how we grow as people. Plus, of course, you always have those times when you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you 
on the update every weekend. And on the select periods, too. Uh, my producers look for any excuse to hold a party, and that's what we have for you, digging into our archives every weekend, playing you the best episodes from our previous years of the update. And every once in a while, we cram the best of an entire year of the update into one episode for your listening convenience. And if you don't know we're having a party, you will after you hear this sound by declaring that we're having a big party. <laughs> So every weekend, listen to the archives of the update to see what you remember from when that episode aired. And of course, be on the lookout for the best of particular years of the update every so often. Keep listening on the weekends and every now and again, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget. Unless, of course, you can't actually remember it from, you know, the night before. <laughs> Now, the update of Brain and Joy, it'll be right back after, of course, these messages. And uh, my producers actually left some uh, gifts for me under the sofa behind the set. How nice of them, actually. Excuse me. From New York, much less than the sum of its parts. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you, and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Beijing Common Sense. Paging common sense. Does anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of August for us around here. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us as I prepare for my vacation. I'm going to use the words vacation very lightly because it's not really a vacation when you're looking after teenagers, as I said in the intro, to make sure they don't kill each other. <laughs> and then the kids arrive for the first time since COVID, and your job is also to make sure that the teenagers don't kill the kids. Like I said, it was it's basically like a home alone type of situation if you get the drift. <laughs> but to prepare for this upcoming sleepaway camp, which starts this Sunday, uh, 
All this week, I'm looking back on what I actually do remember from sleepaway camps of years prior. Today, we're looking back at 2018. This was my first summer in uh, in Brooklyn, because after, well, after 2015, the Harlem region basically closed up shop, because Coalition basically closed, and it was down to two regions now, Brooklyn and the Bronx. And personally, no offense to the Bronx, I'm sure they got some good people up there, but I personally decided to go to Brooklyn, because, you know, um, Jamie was in Brooklyn, so you know... <laughs> I feel like if you start your career with somebody, it only makes sense to follow them down there. Anyway, the summer of 2018 was, uh, like, was a lot. Um, because <laughs> it was really the first year that I was an assistant staff. Because I wasn't a youth staff like everybody else, and I wasn't, you know, one of the group leaders. I was ser simply serving as an assistant to uh, Shatika, Shatika Johnson. I can say her full name. <laughs> She's probably going to listen to this program somewhere like, hey, he, like, hey, he mentioned my name. <laughs> but yes, Shatika Johnson was the camp director in Brooklyn at the time, and I was mainly serving as her assistant. Uh, December 2018, I honestly thought it was really um, a lot of uh, a lot of fun. I mean. Like, Shatika, she had her second superstar. The do-everything-stop-everyone, eternally unappreciated um, group leader, who turns out to be my current boss, actually. Weirdo, things work like that. <laughs> the only thing I really do remember prominently about the summer of 2018 was that uh, there was a water fight that we had. It was not the current building that the school is at now. It was the building prior to that in Bed-Stuy. Uh, we were having a water fight close to the end of the summer because the summer of 2018 that I remember it was particularly rainy. And we had planned to go on a whole bunch of outings and the rain just canceled all of them. So we said, um, I'm pretty sure me and her had a meeting about it. And like, you know what? To make up for all this, why don't we go to the park? People can bring lunch. We'll have a water fight. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun to start off with. But then uh, the uh, the staff, and I mean the teenage staff, they started, um, instead of using the water balloon, they would just start to fling whole full bottles of water at each other. <laughs> I wanted to say something, but Shatika just gave me the look that was like, just don't. <laughs> And I was more concerned because uh, I was looking at the forecast, and the forecast said that rain was going to be moving in. And sure enough, the rain eventually did move in. Uh, so while uh, she told me, basically, like, you know, you help make sure that the kids get their stuff together, I'm going to go speak to the teenage staff. I honestly don't remember everything about that conversation. But, and I'm going to use basically the full curse here, because like I said, we're all friends here. There's nothing we haven't heard before. Honestly, we could change the first few words of that conversation between Chitika and the, and the uh, staff, basically, to uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? And basically change all the other words to swears. <laughs> and honestly, it was so bad, and I distinctly remember this, because it was a payday for the staff. I remember Shatika was so pissed 
about everything that basically she told, basically she gave them their check and basically said, get the fuck out the building before I do something I regret. <laughs> that really is the, one of the few things I actually remember about the summer of 2018. What's this? I was supposed to be talking about sleepaway camp. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I don't exactly have a whole memory about sleepaway camp for that year. I honestly just remember the summer of 2018 and that one specific moment about it. Now, on tomorrow's program, this was nothing to do with sleepaway camp that year. Uh, but it basically is a lesson about being humble. And, uh, uh, trust me, the summer of 2019, I got served a slice of humble pie. I'm not going to go into the full details of the situation, but let's just say it's, uh, it's a moment that uh, really teaches you something. But thankfully, as, uh, I think as Adam Blompier used to say in one of his videos, things have a way of working themselves out, you know? So we'll talk about uh, the eventful summer of 2019 on tomorrow's edition of the program. Right now, however, we do have to talk national news, because it is next for us around here, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian continues. From New York, based on a true story. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, he's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them, but I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. From New York, where we've got a backup generator. This is the update with Brandon and Julia. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon and Julia on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of August for us around here. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. And uh, we're going to begin with the weather. We only address the weather on this program, as you know, when the weather is bad. And it definitely was out in Maui with the wildfires. There are videos now showing the down power lines, apparently sparking some of the early blazes. Uh, 
It's now become key evidence in the search for a cause. The Hawaiian Electric Company is facing criticism for not shutting off the power amid the high wind warnings. A class action lawsuit has already been filed seeking to hold the company responsible for the deaths of at least 99 people. The lawsuit cites the utilities' own documents from last year, showing it was aware that preemptive power shutoffs, such as those used in California, were an effective strategy to prevent wildfires. But they never adopted them. In other news, we're going to go down to Atlanta, where the former president and 18 allies have now been indicted in Georgia over efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss in the state. The criminal case announced on Monday night is the fourth brought against the ex-president and just the second this month to allege that he tried to subvert the results of the vote. The indictment details dozens of acts by Trump and his allies to undo his defeat in the battleground state. Other defendants include the former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and a top Trump administration Justice Department official, Jeffrey Clark, who advanced the then-president's efforts to undo his election loss in Georgia. The new indictment, of course, alleging a conspiracy by the former president and his allies to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election there, includes charges against several people accused of illegally accessing voting equipment in one rural county. The security breach inside the election office in Coffee County, which is about 200 miles southeast of Atlanta, is the first known attempts by Trump allies to access the voting systems as they sought evidence to back up their claims that voting equipment had been rigged to favor Joe Biden. It was followed a short time later by breaches in three Michigan counties involving some of the same people, and again in a western Colorado county that Trump won handily. And speaking of the former president, let's talk decision 2024 and go to one of the battleground states in Iowa out of Des Moines. Uh, the former president says that he's not going to sign the pledge required to participate, but his rivals are actively preparing as if he will be on stage for the first presidential debate next week. Uh, former Vice President Mike Pence is hosting mock debate sessions with someone playing the part of the former president. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has participated in weekly sessions with an eye toward drawing a clear contrast with Trump. And Nikki Haley, the former ambassador to the U.N., is planning to show that she can stand up to bullies. In all, eight Republican candidates, including Trump, have met the fundraising and the polling thresholds required to qualify for the debate. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian returns in just 60 seconds. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. Your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. If there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day 
is our method of making sure her chin never drops. My dad wasn't around, and I remember riding a bike and falling off and cutting myself, and me never just wanting to get back on it. People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike, and you didn't. I didn't teach them. I just created an environment where they taught themselves, and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of August for us around here. <laughs> Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we're talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to go down to Fort Pierce out of Florida with the former president's Mar-a-Lago property manager, Carlos de Oliveira, has pleaded not guilty to scheming with Trump to try to delete the security footage sought by investigators probing the former president's hoarding of classified documents. An attorney for de Oliveira entered the plea on his behalf during a brief hearing in the federal court in Fort Pierce, Florida. The case brought by special counsel Jack Smith accuses Trump of illegally keeping top-secret records at his Florida club and thwarting the government efforts to retrieve them. De Oliveira and his attorney walked out of the courthouse without speaking to reporters. Trump and his valet, Walt Nauta, have also pleaded not guilty. In other news, we're going to go to Washington. Where a legal showdown over the derailed plea deal for Hunter Biden is continuing, as prosecutors assert that an agreement on a gun charge is dead, along with the rest of the deal as the case makes a major shift into a special counsel investigation. The agreement was supposed to have wrapped up the long-running investigation of the president's son, but it largely unraveled during a contentious court hearing last month. Still, prosecutors said that the two sides had continued to negotiate until the defense rejected their final counterproposal the day before U.S. Attorney David Weiss asked to be named the special counsel. Lawyers for Hunter Biden have argued that parts of the deal sparing and prosecution on a gun charge still remains valid. The U.S. Steel Corps, it seems poised now to soon be purchased by a competitor, with two bidders going to be revealed in a matter of days, with even more still waiting in the wings. It would mean the takeover of a symbol of American industrialization that for more than a century helped build everything from the United Nations building here in the city to the New Orleans Superdome. After rejecting an over $7 billion buyout proposal from rival Cleveland Cliffs on Sunday, U.S. Steel said it was considering alternatives. On Monday, industrial conglomerate Esmark offered nearly $8 billion for Pittsburgh-based U.S. Steel. And finally, we're going to go back to Washington where congressional leaders are pitching a stopgap government funding package to avoid a federal shutdown after next month. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy raised the idea to House Republicans on a members-only call. Yesterday, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said that the two leaders had spoken about such a temporary measure. 
It's an acknowledgement that the Republican-led House and the Democratic Senate are nowhere near agreement on spending levels. Congress, when funding will be needed. The stopgap measure would fund operations into December, but McCarthy needs support from Republicans who are loath to agree as they keep pushing for steeper cuts. Gonna let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is. Wednesday, August the 16th, 2023. That is the update on this Wednesday. I'm Brandon Julia. We appreciate you being here with us. Our best of year two show, it drops on Saturday. That's literally three days from now. Wherever you listen to this podcast, you're going to have a lot of fun looking back on those good old memories. <laughs> so until uh, the next time we meet again, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And most importantly, folks, please be well. And uh, honey, uh, why don't you let me take care of a dinner tonight? Uh, like I said before, I got this nice place that we can go to. And if we get there before nine o'clock, they'll give us a free meal with a fill-up. How great is that? <laughs> like I said, looking back on the summer of 2019, it has nothing to do with sleepaway camp, but I think it's a humbling moment if you want to learn about righting your wrongs. Let's talk about that. And a lot more, too, of course, folks, when I see all of you right back here tomorrow. See you then.